Welcome to Better Relationships, Better Life, a podcast where you'll gain insights from relationship experts and entrepreneurial couples who have moved through conflict and into a better life. Crack the clarity code and create deeper connections beyond the messiness of relationships. Here's your host, Judy K. Herman. As you listen to this next episode, it's important to know that a lot of what we share here applies not only to couples and families, but also to professional relationships. And if you'd like to know more, just go to judyspeaker.com. For now, we're talking about navigating cross-cultural marriage, faith, partnership, and transition with Bob and Doris Hornstein. Welcome to Better Relationships, Better Life. I'm your host, Judy K. Herman. We're going to be talking today about transitions and adjustments in marriage. And I have a a couple that I have, Doris, I know from before, but I'm meeting her husband, Bob, for the first time. But we have special guests, and that is Doris and Bob Hornstein. So Doris, she and I met, I don't know, was it a couple, two, three years ago, Doris, in Nashville, we both uh, published our books uh, with the same publisher, Morgan James author, uh, Morgan James Publishing. And so since then, we've reconnected and they're now my podcast guests. And thank you so much, you two. Uh, Bob, you are a, uh, you serve as director of the Community Relations of the Jewish Federation of Greater Portland since 1994. And then, like I said, I've known Doris a little bit, read her book, so I know her, uh, but she is, you'll, you'll, you'll experience this for sure. High energy woman (laughs) and dynamic. She was born and raised in Israel. I'm thinking maybe both of you were born and raised in Israel. Is that right? I am a native Portlander. So, okay. Native Portlander. And that's what brought you Doris to the United States. Okay. And there's a story behind that, which I want to get into in just a moment, but you did move there, uh, after completing your service as an officer in the real uh, Israel defense forces. So that's an amazing thing to go through. Was that like you signed up for four years? Like I was there actually for two and a half years. Uh, Many Israelis are required to do it. There are some exceptions, but basically all Israelis, male and female are, um, required to be serving in the Israeli army. So I was an officer. Okay. So, so yeah, so you've, you've been a speaker, you're a teacher, you are definitely a spiritual woman to the, to your bones and, and an author. So I want to know, we all want to know your story because we're interested. Uh, yes. So tell us about your beginnings, how you two met. You want to tell? Sure. Okay. So Uh, So I had been to Israel on a high school trip, and I always wanted to get back. And after I graduated college, uh, I worked for a bank, and I absolutely hated it. And so I figured um, after quitting that job, uh, it was a good time for me. I was only 23 to, to go back and to experience Israel for much longer than I'd been there before. So I convinced a buddy of mine to go. and. Uh, We went and we only at the time, now this is 1984, Mm -hmm. and I only knew one person in Israel at the time. It was a former Sunday school teacher of mine who was living on a kibbutz, like a communal farm. Mm -hmm. And so when we got there, we, we didn't plan this ahead of time. We got there, we called him up, 
And uh, we said, hey, we're, you know, Rick and I, or my friend, we're here. Um, can we come and, you know, work on this, volunteer on this, on this kibbutz? And he said, sure. And we did. And after about three weeks of working, uh, picking bananas, which is not fun, <laughs> any means, um, that we started to get bored. Um, and so we were thinking maybe we would leave and just travel around the country and then uh, this group of 40 Israeli women showed up uh, to volunteer on our kibbutz. And I looked at my friend, Rick, I said, you know what? Maybe we could stay a little bit longer. <laughs> Eventually, I got moved to the apple fields and uh, we were picking apples and we were on an apple picking machine and she distracted me. <laughs> Well, I, I've got to hold this. I got to hold this, Bob. You're picking apples. Were you interested in picking a wife at that point in your life? Oh, no, that wasn't even a thought. <laughs> However, so there, we were on this, this, what would you call it? A An apple picking machine. An apple picking machine. <laughs> and I was on one side and she was on the other. And my side had no apples at that particular moment. And so she was picking apples on the other side. And um I noticed her. Oh, yeah. And, then, and was it was that mutual then, Doris? You noticed him as well. I, I absolutely noticed him, and he didn't tell you a, a, a tiny piece of information that was very important. He actually saw my roommate and liked her first. Okay, <laughs> not me, the roommate. Because I hadn't seen you yet. <laughs> nice save, right? <laughs> Very nice. Day. So it was true. It was true. So anyway, so we 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 met at the kibbutz and and then he left to the United States and I was drafted to the to do the army uh, service. And so we he came back and forth four times to Israel. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then at the end. Because of you. Because of you. Oh, yeah. Because of her. Because of I her. mean, it was really an improbable story because we were apart at one point. We were apart for over a year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we sort of broke up because it just didn't seem realistic um, being so far. You know, we were 10,000 miles apart. And this is in the day when a phone call to Israel cost about four dollars a minute. Mm -hmm. And of course, wow, get paying for that. <laughs> so, yes, paying my way throughout. <laughs> no cell phones or WhatsApp back. No cell phones. And, oh, writing letters, actual oh, yeah. letters. Yeah. Yeah. That's how we communicated. That's right. Uh, that's so right. we'll have some of those letters. Yes, we did. We should have brought it here to show. Yeah. But anyway, well, yeah. this is interesting because both of you grew up very differently then. I would imagine, uh, Doris, what I, I know about you is you have your your cultural, Jewish cultural roots very deeply ingrained. And so I'm wondering about you, Bob, was that different for you? Uh, obviously, it was being raised in the United States, but yeah, tell it. Tell us about that. Uh, yeah. yeah, so um, you're right. Culturally um, and even ethnically, we're, even though we're both Jewish, it's very different because her ancestry is Persian and mine is Eastern European. So there's what we say, Ashkenazi, which is Eastern European, and Mizrahi or Sephardic, which is what Doris is. So I am, uh, you know, here in Israel and I'm meeting her family and I'm sure... I'm like a fish out of water because they don't really hang out with too many Ashkenazi people, but I think I won them over. Mm -hmm. And so to this day, I'm pretty much the only 
so far, the only so far. Ashkenazi in mm-hmm. her entire expanded family. So yeah, there was there were things to get used to for sure mm-hmm. that were cultural differences. Yeah, both, and when I came here, and when I came here, yeah, it was you know suddenly I come here and I'm 21 years old and I'm uh, Jewish but I'm darker skin. Uh-huh. And so we we go to all of his friends and all of them are white. There's nobody like me. White There's presenting. White, white presenting. White presenting. Yes, but but they're not like me. <laughs> no, they're you not know. Like and uh-huh. until today, until today, not many like me. And so <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know, we have a few friends that are darker skin, uh, but uh, and Jewish. So it was it was a very interesting adjustment to. And, and I do you remember when we we would walk down a street in Israel um, yeah. near a, in a town near the kibbutz. And again, this is in the middle 1980s and people weren't quite used to seeing uh, someone who was white. I like to say white presenting and and a person of color walking together and we would get stares at mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to think it was because we were so good looking. <laughs> well, I'm un- sure it was. I'm sure it was. <laughs> at that time, which is, it's not unusual anymore, but it was at that time. Yeah. And we would just get stares like, you know, like we didn't fit with one another. So it was interesting. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Well, let me ask you, because were, were you, were you drawn to by your faith? Because I know your faith is very strong, mm-hmm. uh, Doris. And, and I wondered, well, you know, because he's Jewish, he's Jewish. So our faith is is strong. Our conviction, you know, we 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 definitely live by our principles. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, that's why for thirty years I worked for the Jewish community, and so and he has, and still is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I left in two thousand eighteen to do the entrepreneurial life, and and to reach out everybody and speak and be a coach to everybody, regardless of their religion. But Bob yes, is still. Say it's a foundation of. Oh. Our- relationship absolutely I mean, we you know it we wouldn't have probably we wouldn't have married someone who wasn't jewish um and it's not because we don't think highly of people who are not jewish it's just that we know that having that commonality of values and traditions was really important for a home life so mm-hmm. there know. there are you know and that's a beautiful thing about the Jewish faith that I've come to discover. There is a depth of soul, it seems. I've so enjoyed your book, by the way, uh, you know, Doris, and I, I have it right here. Actually, it's called Moments of the Heart. And just reading that has really, uh, it has made me appreciate how, yes, you know, and, and just this soul connection that you have with your life, with your relationships, and with God, I resonate on so many levels. And of course, I am a Christian, and I'm very familiar with and and have memorized. We we share the same Old Testament scriptures, which is a beautiful connection, no doubt. So there there's something really special about that, and I, I just wanted to bring that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you two, you've been married. Share with us. Okay, you've raised three three children. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so how long have you actually been married? We just celebrated our 34th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, yes, congratulations. That's right. That's right. I, you, you married me when I was 15, honey. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I look so good. And yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's wow. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, I was really young bride. I was 22 years old when we got married. 
which is really astonishing to me because when we look at our kids who, you know, when my daughter, when our daughter was 22, we didn't think she should be getting married. You know, (laughs) our son was 22. We're like, oh no, too young. And yet I was 22, you know, so it just goes to show you it's different life and Mm -hmm. different experiences and, and everything is fine. If you decide that that's what you want to do. And, and if it's the right fit, I thought it was the right fit to marry him, you know? So, so, and it doesn't matter well, the age. It hasn't been, you know, after all these years, you know, it's, um, it's going to be a surprise. <laughs> well, share with us, so with, with your track record of having a, a, you know, 34-year-old marriage, raising three kids, uh, and a lot of the folks that are listening to this are entrepreneurial couples, maybe one is an entrepreneur, and, but, but they go through struggles. And we go through life situations. And can you share with us what it's been like for you to go, you know, through these transitions? I'm like, first of all, culturally, that's huge to start your marriage out that way. And then you then you have kids, right? So can you share with us some of those transitions and maybe, you know, what that was like? What was it like on the back end for you? Well, I was just saying, I think you have to be really adaptive. I mean, Mm. just think about um, our wedding, for example. I had no idea what to expect because this was going to be a Persian wedding. And my family, the rest of my family, my two brothers and my parents had never even been to Israel before. And so here they are, first time in Israel. And there's a funny story about that, but um, because my my mom, so we got married in February uh, in Israel, and my mom uh, wanted us to get married later in the year when the weather would be nicer. And I told her, you know, mom, I said, in Israel, it could be a beautiful day. And as it turned out, our wedding was a gorgeous sunny day. But the day that they flew in was the worst thunderstorm I've ever (laughs) experienced in my life. I don't know how they even made it safely. But anyway, you know, the, and, and that wedding was so, I'm sure, in a way, foreign to my family. I mean, my dad seemed to adapt very easily. My mom, I think, was in culture shock the entire <laughs> four hours. But so, yes, there, there is that. And when Doris came here, her after she was here for a year and then we got married, she came back. And it was then it was this permanence of being in a foreign country. And that was a very difficult time for her and for us. I mean, not just because of she was really struggling to adapt to American life. No, I forgot about that. But I I not forgot permanently, just forgot for this reason. But yeah, when I came back after we got married and after being under, under, after understanding that I'm going to actually live in the United States, I went through a, a physical change. Like mm. I couldn't, eat. I lost a lot of weight. I was throwing up. I I was throwing up out of, at the beginning of choice. And then I said, you know, my stomach is full. I can't eat anything. I have to throw up. I lost a lot of weight. I was 109 pounds. Wow. Um, and, and I, I, I credit Bob really in helping me get out of that struggle because he noticed that I was feeling physically bad, but he connected it with being emotionally not in a good place. Mm. Every time I, I said, oh, I, I need to throw up. That will be the only way to feel better. Mm. He would grab me. Doesn't matter what was the weather outside, but he would grab me and say, okay, we're going to go for a walk. We're going to get fresh breath, you know, fresh air, breath, air. That's what we say, right? <laughs> get some fresh air. Yeah, get some fresh air. Here we go. My husband <laughs> and, breathe. and breathe. 
And so he helped me doing that. That was a big transition. Yeah. But then wow. the transitions, you know, having children mm-hmm. and yeah. adjusting to being a parent and who is going to take care who is, if the kid is sick, who is going to stay home with the kids. And I think at the very beginning, uh, most of it fell on me. You know, I was the, the main home body person. But as I think our marriage progressed, you were able to help more and more and more. I mean, with our third child, I would say it was literally 50, 50 uh, mm. in all of our, in all of our work. And then 2018 comes February. And I think that was the biggest transition in the last few years. I, mm-hmm. I went, I had this calling inside my heart mm-hmm. that I have to leave my job to create, you know, to bring this book to life. Yes. And to be a speaker and to be a coach and and all that that I had in my heart. And I'm sure it wasn't easy for him because suddenly Doris wants to jump into the sea and and try the entrepreneurial life. Let me hold hold this because, first of all, I really want to honor the two of you uh, going back to your even your beginnings with you being so deeply ingrained in your Jewish culture, Doris, to be away from home. And that was a courageous, courageous step for you to take. And I love it, Bob, how you even as a new husband were able to like lean toward and, and really support her like that is so crucial for couples to lean into when they don't understand what's going on with their spouse. And and when I see couples in counseling, it's kind of like if they don't understand it, well, it's her problem or his problem or whatever, but you leaned into each other, which is a beautiful thing. And I know that was a hard time for you. I mean, I I admired her. I mean, she did Mm. something I probably could never have done. I mean, she Mm. left very close to her family, very close. Yes. Uh, and yes. to not only leave your home country and come to, even though, look, she she certainly spoke good enough English and it's uh-huh. obviously got much better. But, <laughs> I mean, but, to leave, but to leave not only her her home country, her culture, her feeling, uh, her, you know, her areas of comfort and leave her family like that, um, mm. you know, you're only able to, to see them so often, right? Maybe yeah. once a year. That's admirable. I mean, it, I think definitely. it's but, you're right. It showed a lot of courage. It, and the way that I see it is kind of like, you know, both of you, you're like joining hands with God, so to speak. And you're, you're on this journey, this human journey together. And it's beautiful how you came together for that, because a lot of marriages couldn't have handled what, Mm. you know, so, so you have this track record, which I think is beautiful. And obviously you've had some ups and downs. We all do, but, uh, but here you are of, you know, resilience, resilience and growth. And those are the kind of folks I wanted to feature on my on my show here those who have a track record not those that have just happy marriages or you know have but but who've gone through some stuff so Doris you're getting ready to share about your shift in 2018 yeah and and what what that was like yeah well it was I remember the day that I I felt that breaking point and you know I I was going to Israel and it was February, 2018. And my friend, the day before my flight, my friend brings me a book and she says, read it on the plane on the way to Israel. 
So I get on, I didn't look even what the title was. I just put it in my backpack and I, okay. So I got on the plane and I took the book out and it called, it was, the name of the book was The Universe Has Your Back. Mm. That was by Gabrielle Bernstein. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting title. I'm not familiar with this person. So I'm reading it and I'm, I read it the entire flight to Israel. And by the time I got to Israel, I called Bob and I said, I have to leave my job. I, I have wow. to leave my job. That is no, I know I will be okay. And Bob, you know, he has an amazing quality of being very rational. Now, let, let me hold this because let me ask you, like, Bob, you experiencing your wife like this? Is this like common? Like, is she normally like it? Maybe I would say impulsive and has these ideas. And were you kind of used to that? Or did you or did you hear this phone call and say, now, who are you and where's my wife? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say Doris is impulsive. I don't think that's an apt yeah. description, but. So, but she's right in that I do tend to think more rationally or logically if that's, and she, and she comes at it more emotionally, but it was very clear. Look, I mean, this was, um, had to be a sacrifice because mm. what it meant was what I would always say to her is that, you know, cause well, I could see she was not happy in her job. Uh, of 16 years. I mean, there were moments of happiness, but mm -hmm. there clearly was a breaking point. And what I would say is, okay, go out and find something else and then leave your job. I mean, because I was thinking more about our financial- That's the rational thing to do. Yeah, well, that, exactly. And I was thinking more about our financial situation, but it got to a point where I just realized uh, I, you know, we, I, we have to sacrifice. And when you start a business, obviously you just don't know how well it's going to go. It's good. It, you know, most small businesses start slowly. So it was a sacrifice in terms of giving up a stable income and benefits. And, and I said, you know what, ultimately I said, then, then I, you got to do it. I think we saw, I mean, I think he saw, you saw that I was adamant about leaving. There was, it was no, there was no other choice, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, you're either with me on this boat or, or, or we are, you know, in, in, in against each other in some ways, you know, because that I want to do this. I need to do this for my, I, I remember one time I was like in crisis and I said to him, if I don't leave it, I will die. Wow. I was, wow. Yeah. And I think by M March, M March, April, he was like, you know what? I'm with you. I'm behind you. You do that. And I, so you say the word sacrifice. I would say the word support, mm. you know? Well, yeah. I mean, I would I say support. Bob supported me 100%. Once he got on board, it took a gotcha. couple of weeks to get on board with me mm -hmm. because he saw that I was just. Well, I think the priority yeah. was her health, her mm -hmm. mental health mm. and her, and, and her happiness. happiness. And, you know, absolutely. So on this end of it now, for the two of you, um, how has that transformed your marriage? You talk, you say. I have a, a thing to say, but you, you know, it's like funny it. because uh, I always thought of myself as the writer in the family. Um, <laughs> I, I write for for an English language Israeli magazine. I've been wow. doing that for fifteen years. I really take pride in my writing, but. But and then here is Doris in in not her native language, my and she writes a book and gets it published. And I'm thinking, wow. by the way, 
I, I love it. It is so like well-written. I love your language. And I mean, how you, how you write your whole personality and you just come out of this, but anyway, go ahead, Bob. I'm yeah, sorry. So <laughs> the author. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I just think I see how happy she is. She always mm. says to me, yeah, every morning, every, every morning, every morning, I get I tell out. you, I love my life. Right. Wow. And me, so it made the transition very smooth. And now with COVID, um, I've been working from home for the last two years, almost. Mm. Mm. And, um, and it's amazing. We haven't gotten on each other's nerves, but she has <laughs> a little downstairs office and I have my upstairs office, but I like being here and being mm. around. It's nice. Mm -hmm. Uh, because otherwise, you know, I'm coming home, uh, you know, after five o'clock, or if I have an evening meeting, I have a lot of evening meetings, and we don't get to spend yeah. as much time together. We meet in the kitchen just, now. Yeah, it's, it's really, it's, so in a sense, once we got over that little, what would you call it? Yeah, I guess uncertainty. Yeah. Um, it's been pretty smooth sailing as far as a transition. Yeah. Wow. And, and you know what? And Bob understands and doesn't question uh, my business decision making. You know, if I need. Yeah, he's not involved. <laughs> That's right. He's not involved in any of my decisions for, regarding the business. You know, if I need to engage in something, if I have to become a member, if I need to buy anything, if I need whatever it is, he does not say a word. Unless she asks me for my advice. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, that's right, that's right. Otherwise, I will ask your advice and it doesn't mean that I always listen, right? But I ask because I want to know, I want to know what he's thinking. And she asked our kids too, all of our kids, even our that's youngest right. kid who's now just, uh, he's still 18. That's beautiful. I, I do try that to shows. Yeah, that's I try to involve my family because, you know. She doesn't ask the dog, but. <laughs> He's right, he's right here. You know, he's 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 very happy that we're both here. Yeah. Well, it just shows that there's this trust, this foundation of trust that you two have, and you have to have that in a marriage, in a good marriage, in a growing marriage, it is this foundation. And and John Gottman has, you know, he shows this sound relationship house, so to speak. And you have to have trust on one side holding up the roof. And then you also have to have commitment on the other side. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's that's beautiful. You're you're demonstrating that. About another couple, I won't say who, it doesn't matter, um, that um, had been married for a long time. And uh, one of the spouses was was doing something totally unbeknownst to the other spouse. And mm. Dries, how, how, how can you do that? How could you prevent having these kind of secrets from each other. And I said, doesn't it boil down to, to trust. trust? It does. It really does. And I have each other's about, backs. You have well, each other's we, backs. Oh, we talk about it all the time. I am his biggest fan and he is my biggest fan. Mm, you know, if, that's if, beautiful. You know, if, if one of us mm -hmm. is not feeling good, the other person is hurting, you know, mm -hmm. early. Mm -hmm. and then so, you know, if somebody says something unkind to him, I... I may relax him, but in my head, I'm like, ah, why is this person did that? You know, mm. why did they say that to my husband? Mm. And it's the same, it's the same and it's the same yeah. way the other way around, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Wow. yeah. I mean, we are, we are each other's champion. I think, you know, I, I, I don't think there's anybody who does their job better than what he does. I don't think he, he, he represents the, the Jewish people in, in the community and in the world in the way that no one else can do mm. his knowledge and his expertise and, you know, we always say that 
but I, in, in the job now that I do the positive intelligence and my work with the book and, and my speaking, I work on the inside of a person. Mm-hmm. I do the inside. And then Bob does the outside. Bob works on how it is in the world at large. And I work on the individuals. That's so, beautiful. That's yeah. beautiful. So what would you say to your younger self? Let's say your newlywed self. <laughs> Your newlywed self, if you could give a message, what would you say? No, you know, I had to think about this. Um, I mean, as far as marriage, and this is what we told um, our daughter when she was getting married, or at least what I said, is that you have to be not just husband and wife, you have to be partners, Mm. 100% partners, whether that's... um, with children or in supporting each other in your careers, you got to have that going on or doing household chores. Mm-hmm. It's all about partnership. But what I would, I was thinking about something a little bit different. You know, what would I say to my younger self? Um, you know, I was a finance major and in my junior year, I realized this is not what I want. Mm-hmm. And I think I was sort of conditioned to think, oh, you go to, you go to college, you want to get a good paying job. And what I would say to my younger self is follow your dreams, follow Mm. your aspirations, do Mm. what you want that will be meaningful. And that's ultimately why I've been in this job now for 27 years, because I find it so meaningful and it's not monotonous to me. It's something new every day. And Mm. it's, I feel like I'm making a difference. So that's what I would have told my younger self. Wow. And, and, And Bob, I want to hold that too, because you being grounded with that, and then noticing, even though it was scary, but uh, but really trusting your wife to do that, like that is that is so beautiful. Doris, what would you say? Oh well, you know, I will say to my younger self, the one that never left Israel until he sent me a plane ticket to come. You know, I didn't. I grew up with not much money. I came to America in 1986 with one suitcase, $600, no coat in the month. I didn't marry her for her money. (laughs) (laughs) My beauty, for my beauty, honey. (laughs) I would tell tell my younger self, oh, the places that you will visit, the places that you will go and just have, look at life as an adventure. Mm. Because, you know, because I think that's what our lives has been. It's Mm. it's really an adventure of, of bringing two people that, really on the surface, maybe on outside, look different, you know, different countries, different language, um, different upbringing. Uh, you know, I grew up more traditional than he was. And, and yet we created this beautiful safe haven, uh, loving home for the, our the children. combined our, our traditions. Mm-hmm. Yes. Our yeah, definitely. That, that is beautiful. So, uh, what, how can folks get in touch with you? You've been so, you've been so inspiring to me on so many levels. And I know that you have been for our listeners too, that, uh, you know, it, it is possible. You're, you're not the same people you grow. It is. And you grow and you grow up, you grow together, you support each other, your partners, and you've just, it's been a beautiful you know, time with the two of you. I so thank you for being on the show. How can listeners get in touch with you? So my husband is Bob Hornstein. He works for the Jewish Greater Jewish Federation of Greater Portland. Okay. And so, you know, it's 
bobbyjewishportland.org. Okay. And myself, dorishorenstein.com. Uh, I have newsletter. I'm speaking, inspiring, empowering teams, organizations, individuals to live their best life, to overcome stress and anxiety and overwhelm and, found, and find the power within themselves. And so I'm on LinkedIn, just Doris Hornstein. And, and I took one of her courses with, she did a men's pod and it was really fantastic. And wow. We, we actually... Not only do we learn a lot about ourselves, but we were, I think we were vulnerable, which is hard for men to do sometimes. Yes. And she brought that out in us. And uh, it was really powerful and moving. So I recommend her very, very highly. Wow, that speaks volumes for sure. Yes, Doris, you're an, an amazing coach and you're certified in it is positive uh, mental. It's positive. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm certified in positive intelligence as well yes. as ICF. Both, yes, I, which I think is is a remarkable um, thing to offer folks. So highly, highly recommend it. Thank you so much, you two. You. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank that you was a so pleasure. Much. Thank you, Judy. Thank You're you. welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. There was a lot of insight in this conversation with Bob and Doris. I was so impressed with the level of trust and partnership these two have with each other. Here's some things to remember. Number one, faith traditions can be great safety nets for the choice of a life partner, yet it's important to establish your own identity and nuances within your relationship. Number two, the ability to adapt is so necessary to a growing, sustainable, and long-term marriage partnership. And number three, courageous steps into the unknown can be vibrantly life-giving to your marriage. So if you're navigating challenges in your relationship, always remember there's hope and you're worth it. What stood out to you? Share your takeaways by going to betterrelationshipsbetterlife.com. Next week, we'll talk with my colleague, Samantha Kaawa, who is also a marriage and family therapist with a remarkable story. Join us in the next episode, Stop fixing your marriage. Instead, be a change agent. Until then, feel free to share, subscribe, rate, and comment. And see you next time for Better Relationships, Better Life.